The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Hello and welcome along to the Big Scottish Football Podcast with me, Stephen Mill, and him, Ewan Cameron. How you doing, Ewan? You all right? I've had better weekends. Aye, it's not been ideal football-wise, has it? No, nah, not, not for very your good. team, not for my team. So I'd rather that we glossed over what happened at Tynecastle and talked about Aberdeen and what happened there. Jim Goodwin, eh? Nee. Silence is deafening. He, he, he hung nee. Ryan Portis out to dry. Oh, he's this, he's that, he's a cheat. He died for a penalty against us. But when it happens to them and they get a penalty because one of their players takes a wee dive, he's nowhere to be seen as Jim Goodwin. Keep your powder dry. We'll get to that a little bit later on. But we are back on Mondays after the international break. Today's episode, we will review the weekend's SPFL action. We'll have another go at player Joe Cardles, right, with our special guest. We'll also check in if Scotch football a song some of these have been tremendous that have come in over the last wee while and we'll get to our special guest in just a little second remember you can find us on all your usual podcast providers on Twitter as well at Big Football Scott and we're on Instagram Facebook and you can just search the Big Scottish Football Podcast right let's get to today's guest then we asked you on Twitter last night to guess who our guest was from the blanked out picture a very poorly blanked out picture I must say intern Callum but some of the guesses included Robert Redford (laughs) Granny DeVito Charlie Nicholas George Bowie Mary Berry Paul O'Grady Mrs Doubtfire Hugh Hefner Half Right Lorraine Kelly Gary Lineker Stephen Presley A specky hot dog like Ewan Robbie Nielsen Barry Chuckle Barry Scott from the Silly Bang adverts And Archie McPherson But no Archie McPherson is But a spring chicken compared to our guest today We have a veteran broadcaster and journalist From Clyde One Super Scoreboard All round legend Sunday Mail columnist as well Mr Hugh Keevans everyone Hey! Welcome along, Hugh. I had a look at the photo. I thought it was more Prue Leaf. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> She's actually older than Mary Berry. There's a wee fact for you. Prue Leaf is older than Mary Berry. Yeah, you wouldn't think so. What's Mary she's... Berry again? She must be what late eighties now. You remember Mary Berry in our younger days, though? Oh Hugh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not, sh- a, not a patch on Delia Smith, I may say. <laughs> I was going to say, like I, I've had this conversation with my dad before, and he always says. I don't really remember Mary Berry from my childhood. It was always Delia Smith. He's a yeah. wee bit younger than you, Hugh, but, you know, was she as big back then as she is now? Surely not. No, no, not at all. Yeah. Can I ask you, Hugh, because you're a man of a certain vintage, Yes. do you still fancy women when you get to a certain age? Absolutely. Do you fancy Mary Berry? No. No. <laughs> Delia Smith? Yes. <laughs> Ah, Delia, let's be having you. Right, okay, we have lots to get through. Uh, We'll start, Hugh Keevans, with our one-word SPFL review. Now, when we do this, you're allowed one word to describe each of the matches in the SPFL at the weekend. Some guests have been amazing at this. Roger Hanna was very good, for example. Very good. As you would expect, because he's got a brain inside his head. Uh, Mark Wilson, (laughs) not so good. Not so good. Okay. And you know both of them, so you won't be surprised to hear that. Ah, Roger's an old hack, like myself, you know, so. We are wordsmiths. Uh, Mark Wilson goes to events. Yeah, he does. He opens things. Uh, right, let's start. He gets me in trouble for every negative thing we say about him. Oh, does he, he listens to the podcast. Right, does he? Right, well, okay. we'll continue to do it. Every say another one. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark's he's there. Going to, he's going to Silverstone for an F1 racing. I mean, who can a man does that? Nah. Yeah, nah. nah. I'm, I'm not in the F1. Neither am I. It's no. just a noise going round a track and <laughs> yeah. you don't really see anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's Mark Wilson for you, you know. Bit of a weirdo. Right, let's move on to the one-word review. We will start in the Premiership, of course, with a lunchtime kick-off on Saturday. Hugh Keevans, Heart of Midlothian, nil, Rangers 4. Easy. Moving on. Yeah, I mean, it was. It was <laughs> it's probably... one word, move on. Okay. Aberdeen 4, Kilmarnock 1. Expected. Celtic 2, Motherwell 1. Laboured. Mm. Dundee United 1, St Johnson 2. Trouble. Dundee United, and a lot of trouble in turn, Callum. Dundee United fan. Ross County 0, Hibs 2. Porteous. Ryan Porteous. Oh. What a week for Ryan Porteous. Yeah. St Mirren 2, Livingston 1 finally. Crazy. It was. It was, wasn't it? What an end to the game. Exactly. Had the it. third top. That's what's the craziest thing of all. Yeah. Okay, don't rub it in because Hearts got pumped 4 0. And it's also crazy because you said Livingston were going to get relegated. And you said that St. Mirren would be relegated. Moving on to the Championship. I took St. Mirren to get relegated. <laughs> exactly. It's dead in print. Aye, exactly. I mean, that's a, that just goes to show that uh, we're not very good at predicting things, you. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah that's a, uh, Let's move on to the Championship. Air United 0, Inverness 1. Journey. 
It is a quite a long journey. That's a, pr- a practical <laughs> yeah. phrase for that. Practical word. Cove Rangers two are both nil. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Hamilton nil. Dundee two. Coasted. <laughs> right. Okay. Fair enough. Partick Thistle five. Greenwich Morton one. Yippee. Yippee. A big result for the Thistle. Queens Park one. Wraith Rovers nil. Final in the Championship. Coily. Coily, yes, he's doing a good job. Second in the championship for Queen's Park. League one, Dunfermline two, Peterhead two. Imperfect. Very much imperfect. Two very poorly goals conceded by Dunfermline. We'll move on. Falkirk <laughs> two, Clyde nil. Unexpected. Unexpected. Yeah, they're a bit of a state Falkirk, aren't they? Well, actually. They're only a point behind Dunfermline. Aye, Dunfermline are still top of the league, so pipe down. Only a point behind you. Falkirk released a statement last week. Did you see the email yes, statement? Yeah. It was hilarious. <laughs> Embarrassing. It really was. Uh, Kelty Hearts won the Airdrie nil. Shock. Kelty have taken all their points against Dunfermline, Falkirk and Airdrie. Who you'd probably say... Top the, three. The top three in the league. So there you are. Win for Kelty Hearts. Montrose won FC Edinburgh two. Posh. Posh. <laughs> well, hold on a second. Posh folk from Edinburgh. Amphi Edinburgh. Amphi Edinburgh. I said there were posh folk in Edinburgh. I didn't say all of them were. <laughs> yeah, I'm good, certainly not. That's a good point. Queen of the South won Aloha one. Doing Hamers. Doing Hamers. Are we just doing the nicknames <laughs> of the team? <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, fair enough. Bonnie Rig Rose two, Stenhouse Muir four. Ooh. We'll take that as a word for that fight. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take that. East Fife 1, still an Albion 2. Ding dong. <laughs> is that a hyphenated word? Yes, yeah, no, we're giving you that right, one. Okay. Elgin City 5 and an Athletic 1. Stunned. Yep, I was stunned at that as well. 4 for 0, Dumbarton 0. Rocked. Rocked, yes. Yes. They are. They've, they've had a wee wobble late. Yes. Still top of the league, but they're wobbling a wee bit. And finally, Stranraer 2, Albion Rovers 1. Thought so. <laughs> is, are, we, are we doing hyphenated for that as well? Yeah. We're doing hyphenated. Right. Okay, that's fine. Right. Well done, you. That is the one word review over. That's good. Uh, let's dive into some of the talking points of the weekend. Um, let's start with uh, Hearts versus Rangers, obviously, Ewan. Um, your manager, Robbie Nielsen, said he expected to win on Saturday. Yeah, and to be second at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to ask you. He's been in the game a long, long time. And Robbie Nielsen is getting a bit of stick for what he said pre match. Yeah. But don't, don't you want your managers to be ambitious and to, to have a goal and to tell everybody this is what we want? From a journalistic perspective, the guys would have come out of Robbie's press conference and thought, what a great line that is. He just said he expects to beat Rangers. So from a journalistic point of view, terrific. But nah, the manager shouldn't come out and say that. It's On what do you base the assumption that you're going to win the game? It's oh, you're at home. Yeah, and been, Rangers haven't been playing well. Well, they've been at home plenty of times when Rangers haven't been playing well and not beaten them. Yeah, I just think it was a ill-considered thing to say. One of the many ill-considered things he said when he, the red card came along, he said, "Could the referee have handled it differently? Maybe." Well, the only way the referee could have handled it differently was not to send them off. And it was a sending off. Yeah, of course it was. Yeah, but do you think Robbie Nielsen? was wrong to say what he said because that's what he believed and a lot of people complain that managers are not straightforward when they're asked a question I applaud him but I think that it would be better left unsaid because right. it only it only provides a stick to beat him he with he didn't need to say it Yeah, he didn't need to say it we were speaking to Ali Begg on Saturday um, who's on the big side of football show with us on 4th One and I've got to say he was sticking up for Jim Goodwin uh-huh. in the sense of let's be ambitious. Let's look at how can we not catch Rangers? How can we not catch Celtic? Let's be ambitious and and not just say, oh, we want to finish third. Why can't you aim higher? Why can't you say that we want to do better than third place? Well, as I say, it's a free country. The man is entitled to state his belief. I'm not entirely sure he believed it. I think it was part bravado. 
but you have provided the, the critics with a stick to beat you with and the fans when it turns out to be 4-0 for Rangers on your ground Hugh can I ask you a quick question just slightly off topic but related so you were on Clyde One Super Scoreboard in the 1980s and you were also a journalist at that time as well you still are obviously but at that time where Aberdeen and Dundee United and Hearts yeah. had a very very good side and were regularly splitting Celtic and Rangers regularly beating Celtic and Rangers to titles to cups whatever do you look back on that period as a golden age that will never be replicated remember I had Alec Ferguson at Pataudry I had we Jim McLean at Dundee United uh, and we had Fergie Furious Fergie he was always known as Furious Fergie mm-hmm. uh, he created this uh, mindset persecution mm-hmm. you know they, nobody wants Aberdeen to win there's a thing in Glasgow you know that they get all the favours done uh, Glasgow bias and he, he built up that mentality within his players now I mean he's a Glaswegian Willie Miller was a Glaswegian Alec McLeish was from Barhead which is as good as being a Glaswegian and they cultivated that state of mind and it worked for them and the headlines were great uh, so they created that different mentality he never came out and said we'll beat Rangers he would say well we'll try but you know the there's a bias against us and it's all about the, the referees are against us etc yeah. etc et and but we Jim believed that we are the corner shop we used to say we're the corner shop playing the supermarket so he had that attitude in mind but both of them created teams that were in 1983 good enough to win Dundee United a title mm-hmm. and Sir Alex the greatest Scottish manager of all time and forever will be so you know, it was good knockabout fun then. Yeah. Do you, do you miss those days then, Hugh? Well, no, let me let me rephrase that question. Do you think we'll ever see those days again where we'll have a Hearts or a Dundee United or an Aberdeen challenging for a title in Scotland? I'm sceptical because... You don't think we'll see it? At that time, as I say, you had Miller, McLeish, Leighton, Dundee United had Hegarty, Neary, Sturrock. Yeah. Fantastic players. What I do miss is Aberdeen drawing at Motherwell. And Fergie coming down a staircase at Fir Park and he started, I'll I'll use a posh word, he started denouncing me (laughs) (laughs) from from the top stair down to the bottom stair. And basically, the gist of it was that he was not taking any criticism from me because I never go to see Aberdeen play. I win you last at Pataudry, etc. So I went back to the office checked and the previous season had been at Pataudry 19 times <laughs> now these were the days when you had the manager's home telephone number yeah so I called him at home and I said listen I've looked it up I was at Pataudry 19 times last season and then he said words to the effect that I should put the telephone down now and go <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I then we went to Reykjavik on the Monday afternoon went to Reykjavik it was the first game in defence of the European trophy that Aberdeen had won by beating Real Madrid after the game he said here where's your hotel I said it's literally across the road well room me in so I gave him the room number and he said right get them rounded up meaning the other newspaper guys and I said Furious wants us in the in my room for some reason and he came in and he said I gave him a going over in front of an audience on Saturday. I'm going to apologise to him in front of an audience <laughs> tonight. Yours was just the first ball face that I saw. <laughs> and you got it in the yeah, neck. Yeah. Let's bring it right back up to today then and to this weekend. In fact, we were talking about Aberdeen there. Um, Jim Goodwin, you and Cameron. <laughs> Talk to me about Jim Goodwin. I mean, I've got a lot of time for Jim Goodwin. I mean, he's a good looking boy, isn't he? Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, Mrs. Keevan's actually sits up and pays attention when when, <laughs> when old uh, when old Kenny Rogers comes on well, well if, you, if you're allowed Delia Smith she's allowed Jim Goodwin yeah, so yeah, yeah. There you are. there's that slow motion video of Jim Goodwin that my co-host on the breakfast show Kat Harvey watches every now and then when she's bored <laughs> it was of him strutting down towards Fur Park that's getting right. off the bus and all that's that. right yeah. but Jim Goodwin had a lot to say for himself when Ryan Portis won a penalty against Aberdeen at Easter Road a couple of weeks ago and um, said a few things about Ryan Portis that have come back to haunt him in a way. But then what happens on Saturday there? Aberdeen versus Kilmarnock. His striker goes down very easy when the goalkeeper 
is around his feet and Jim Goodwin's silence is deafening. I can only say to you that hypocrisy is a noble part of the game. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he will not be the only manager who will practice that kind of hypocrisy. But so every, every time he comes on the screen now, I think, you picked a fine time to leave you this <laughs> Do you like Jim Goodwin? I do very much. Do you think he's he's got it in him to be a top top manager? Do you think he'll go do a good job there? I, I think he was fortunate to get the Aberdeen job. Uh, I, I didn't see him as a potential Aberdeen manager, but they've scored more goals so far this season at home than any team in the Premier League, including those two. You know who? Yeah. Uh-huh. And therefore, they are entertaining their supporters and are now starting to get results. So. He's finding his feet. Yeah. And just let's have a spare a thought for Joe Hart, that horrendous head knock that he took at the weekend. <laughs> bye, bye. I mean, I mean, thoughts and prayers, Joe. We, we hope you're all right if you're listening. I, you know? I think what happened there, right, is that he's come for a cross, he messes it, messes it up, it then drops to Van Veen, and he's thinking, I'm not getting back to the goal. Yeah. I'm going to just like, hopefully the, the referee will, I fall over and the referee will blow the whistle for an injury if the ball hits the back of the net. Well, um, you know, the, when uh, Callum McGregor takes the hit for the team, gets a red card for bringing down Ross Tierney, look where Joe Hart is. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, why, that's why it's a red card, because if Tierney is allowed to move forward with the ball, he can chip Joe Hart with ease. With one touch. Just one touch, left foot, yeah. dink it over and it's a goal, yeah. I mean, I know Ange was saying there was cover there from Welsh. I think he was kind of right, but I think the point you're making is that there was a proper goal-scoring opportunity there because of where Hart was. Yeah, without doubt. Welsh would not have got there in time to stop anything. Uh, and Callum McGregor quickly summed up the whole picture and thought, well, I've, I've got no other option. I'll need yeah. to bring him down. That was a I mean, proper captain's performance, by the way. A, it was a stonewall red card. Yeah. <clears throat> it was, <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> sorry. It was a stonewall red card. And, you know, it's just like that one at Ibrox when, I think it was Jamie Sands, brought down the Ross County striker and he definitely got sent. Oh, no, no, he Malcolm, didn't. Mal- didn't. Didn't get no, a foul. No, no, no. Malky Mackay. <laughs> you need to let go, mate. You need to let it go. <laughs> Malky Mackay that day said he found the decision inexplicable and he was absolutely correct well I think he was wrong yeah well, I think Malcolm Mackay was wrong I actually think that the boy runs into his hands not at all not he at does all. anyway you're wrong Ewan let's move on you mentioned Marco Negri there and I saw a tweet yesterday now obviously the boy Hallen's doing alright in yeah. Man at the moment but and this is, this is the tweet word for word that I'll read out just to illustrate again how ridiculous Marco Negri's start at Rangers was Haaland would need nine more goals in the next two matches to match Marco Negri's tally for the first ten league games oh. did he not score like six goals in one game or something like that five I think maybe maybe it was a six I, and I think it possibly was against Dunfermline as well I and I also it think at Ibrox there was a game where he played against Hearts and I think they beat us five no I think he scored four of the goals yeah. as well I mean the boy was on fire and then am I right in thinking he played squash with Sergio Perini and he got banged and in the eye he got banged eye. in the eye and yeah. then he couldn't play football anymore pretty much he was, yeah that Virtually finished him at Ibrook. Yeah. Uh, but he was uh, sensational. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right. Any other talking points for the weekend, June? Go no, 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 nothing else. Anything else uh, from, from Saturday you want to talk about? Anything in turn, Callum? Dundee, Anything? Dundee United, uh, and with respect to Callum. I, I'm finding it difficult to see anything positive about Dundee United on and off the park, and they're becoming a major concern. Two points from a possible 24. Um, and the damage they're doing at home the United fans must feel like the Man United fans at half time <laughs> yeah. they're not going to get relegated are they I think they're too good for that well you, that, that's a famous do you think yeah. they could get relegated considered cliche we're too good to go down no you're not do you think they will I think unless something radical happens they are in real danger of at the very best a playoff final in a word, intern Callum or Dundee United getting relegated? 100%. Okay. <laughs> Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Right, let's move on to our next section on the podcast. And remember, you can get us anytime at Big Football Scott. We asked you in last week's episode footballers, managers, referees, pundits. 
who would feature if Scottish football were a song. Some of these were very, very good. My phone was going absolutely wild with all the notifications last week. So, Hugh Evans, you get to guess the winner, okay? Okay. Or you get to name the winner. Can we just say, pop culture is not Hugh's strong point. Unless it's the same place. Yeah, well, I, I think there's a few in here that you'll appreciate. Can you name a song by Calvin Harris? No. Right. Okay, fair enough. Well, we'll see how we go. Right. Green, green, snodgrass of home. Uh, call me Stevie, maybe. That's not bad. Uh, Ryan, Jack, and Diane. Um, I want to be your dog. That's from Jonathan Dunn. Uh, come as you are in Hickey from Paul. Come as you are Hickey. Come as you are Nirvana. Come Nirvana as you are Hickey. Me? Come as you are in Hickey. Yeah, Sorry. In Hickey. Come as you are in Hickey. See if you put your headphones on, it'd make it a lot easier to hear it, mate. Why you not got your headphones? My wire, my wire's tangled up and it's annoying me. Right. Anyway, go on. Right, aye, exactly. Right. Anyway, uh, what else have we got? Livy on a prayer, obviously. And Andy. John bon Jovi, I did that one. There you go, there you go. <laughs> Keep a line, keeps a line, Hugh. No. <laughs> Andy. Oh, we're halfway there. Oh. Livy on a prayer, you could have gone for it, Hugh. Um, Andy Halliday appears every single week in this, and uh, from Damien Young, also he put in Livy on a prayer. Uh, Andy Hadaway, straight in oh, there. Oh, that's well. good. Although, what I would say, we did ask for a song, we didn't ask for an artist. No, that's good though. Yeah, it is quite good, but I don't know if that counts. Uh, Brian Rice Rice Baby uh, from Lindstrom <laughs> Loyal. Uh, could it be Majid Bugera? Uh, Joe Cardell in the Wind, I Fought the Dennis Law. Moves like a badder, Glenn Kamara Chameleon. Uh, that's from Andrew McBee. Meatloaf, a badder, a bad out of hell. Uh, that's not bad. A bad out of hell, I like yeah, that. That's from Smiley Face. I uh, wrote that album. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, Rage Against the Machine, Killian the name of. So that's not bad. <laughs> yeah. I quite like that. That's from Cam. We don't talk about Bruno Alves uh, from Andrew O'Brien and Johnny Mac. Time Castles in the Sky. Oh, I like that. That's not bad as well. Uh, that's from Mark Gavin. Uh, Born Not to Run. Levine on a prayer <laughs> that's not bad uh, that is from JD uh, Radio Gaga Gary Locke mm, not sure about that one uh, Sweet Carol Linesman from, <laughs> from Scott we've got Sweet Child O'Hara of mine from CDS Mid another Andy Halliday We Caught the Train not bad again uh, what else have we got Champagne Supernovo from Alexander Wilson uh, Running Over That Hill so running up that Clint Hill. Running up that Clint Hill. Right, okay. That's Keep fine. Uh, right. Uh, well, well done. Well don't, done here. Don't worry, be guppy. <laughs> it's, it's not bad. Uh, Bobby Petoff alone. That's from Michael Montagnani. Uh, Vindaloo McCarry. Not bad. Dedicated follower of Fashion Sakala. <laughs> the Kings. Yep. Blue Shved Shoes. <laughs> It's <laughs> not bad at all. That's from Kenny Burgess. Uh, don't you wish your girlfriend was Chad Uri, which is stolen from Kevin <laughs> Bridges, so but good. from D Hughes. Uh, Advocate Stevens, the first cut is Ben Segrist. <laughs> <laughs> That's from the green and white. Rock around the Gary Lock. Uh, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst with no name. Uh, that's from Super Douglas. Uh, Paul McStay, another day. We got a few of Paul McStay on other days. Uh, hello to Ring My Cami Bell from Stu Shaw and uh, Who Let the Dogs Out from Scotty. And my personal favourite, I can't remember who it was from and I haven't got it written down, but it was I Saw Mummy Kissing Stefan Claus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hugh Keevans, what are you going for? Any of them, really. Any of them. Anyone? We're all going on a summer holiday. Right, okay. That's one you is just made you, up. Is it because you work with him? Yeah, that's what it is. a good guy, Andy Haldy. Well, he appears every single week, so thank you for all your suggestions. And uh, for next week's podcast, we are looking for if Scottish football were spooky. Oh, ahead of a Halloween. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could have saved that for a couple of weeks, Anton Callum. I forgot and only realised to come up with one about four minutes ago. So right, that's okay, that's fine. Right, See, so the about Super Scoreboard. Andy yeah. Halliday, the first day he came in, I could see him walking down the newsroom floor and he's looking at me and he's thinking to himself, here's that wee guy. I don't, I don't know if I can trust him. And uh, we end up the best of pals and of course, Lord Lift. He drives me home occasionally. Drives you home, yeah. And the same with Marvin Marcus Martin Bartley. Yes. Uh, you know, here you are. He, he texts me at five to eight on a Saturday morning, you know, with some message or other. You know, it's a great, honest to goodness, Team Aye Absolutely And I'm you're the captain of the team You're the captain of the team I'm more the CEO I would have thought <laughs> <laughs> The elder statesman The, 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 the only one with a tie Yeah yes. Exactly Does nobody else get dressed up For Super Scoreboard Apart for you Several bags of washing appear 
<laughs> Have you ever worn a pair of jeans? Never. Ever? Maybe when Hound Dog was out by Elvis, maybe. Do you own a pair of jeans? No. Do you own tracksuit bottoms? No. Do you own pyjamas? I do. Like we were we were winky ones or No, uh, what do they call it? The the Leisure wear kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. I'm trying to picture Hughie's leisure wear feet up you, front of the mask thing. The, 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 the leisure wear pants thing. Right, okay. Uh-huh. And then a selection of t-shirts: John Lennon t-shirts, Beatles t-shirts, Elvis t-shirts. And then that's how, what you wear in the house. Yeah. Ah, oh, nice. Ah, oh, nice, nice one. Now we know what Hugh wears in the house. Do you wear slippers? Yes. Yes. Slipper man as well. Excellent. Do you have a pipe? No. <laughs> Have you ever smoked? Yes. All right, okay. But you're, you don't smoke now. I've never seen you smoke. I, I, when I became 60, my wife told me that I had to stop then. And so. You did? For 12 years, I've been clean. Excellent. Clean. Resilience <laughs> <laughs> comes clean. Just the <laughs> Just the wee insight. Right, so anyway, if Scottish football were spooky, for example, you could have Thomas Graveson. Ah, Gravis yeah. yeah you get that yeah. uh, Matt Pennywise mm-hmm, Matt from Pennywise. it yeah uh, Nightmare on Love Street <laughs> that's not bad and Stabardeen uh, so <laughs> any suggestions you can get them in uh, at Big Football Scott that is our Twitter feed you can follow us there as well obviously and thank you for all your suggestions last week as well right it is time for our game it is play your Joe Cardo's right so let's do it <laughs> Right, thank you very much to Joe Cardinal, as per usual. Very simple game. You'll remember this from back in the day. It is basically higher or lower player cards, right, Hugh? So yep. you are in the hot seat today. So it comes from Joe Cardinal, former Dunfermline, part of Thistle, Ross County, Airdrie and current Kelty Hearts legend. Welcome back, Joe. So let's hear from the main man himself. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the greatest game in the history of podcasts. I'm Joe Cardinal and this is Player Joe Cardinal's Right. Thank you very much, Joe. Right, OK, I will explain the rules very briefly and then we'll get to it. So it's really simple. We always start with Joe Cardo, so he's your baseline, okay? Yep. I'll then give you more players and more players, and you've got to tell me if they're goal tally, national team caps, age, etc., is higher or lower, okay? okay? Right? So don't worry, we'll keep you right. Today, we're going to go for age, okay? So yep. Joe Cardo is the line, and Joe Cardo is currently 35 years old. Uh-huh. So remember that. I will then name people, and then it's higher or lower from then on, okay? We'll okay. keep a tally. I am currently in the lead with eight I think I got last time. Yes, you did. Okay, right. Okay. So I have to tell you whether these people are higher older, or lower. Aye, higher or younger. Yes, yes, pretty much. Yes, but right. higher or lower. Yeah. Right. So, Joe Cardinal is thirty-five. So, I want to know if Kenny Dalgleish is older or younger, higher or lower. Higher. Okay. Goodness gracious! Great balls of fire! You've nailed it. Well done. So Kenny Dalgleish is 71 years old. So he's a year a... younger than me. Okay, right. 71 for Kenny Dalgleish. I want to know if Andy Robertson, higher or lower, older oh. or younger? Lower. Okay. Wow, you're on a roll here. <laughs> okay, well done. Okay, so you're at Andy Robertson, um, who is 28 years old. Mm-hmm. Nathan Patterson, higher or lower? Lower. Correct Mundo. Nice work, hot stuff. <laughs> He is 20 years old. Ali McCoist. Higher or lower? Higher. What are the chances? You've got another one right. (laughs) Hold on a minute. This is way too easy. Right, okay. Ali McCoist is 60 years old. Just turned 60 last week, I think, didn't he? Ange Postacoglu. Higher or lower? Lower. I've not seen a street like this since you and Cameron stripped naked after three pints at the Christmas night out. He is 58 years old. So well done. That is you up to one, two, three, four, five. Next one. Pat Nevin. Is he higher or lower than Ange Postacoglu? Lower. Pat Nevin is... It's not called Play a Joe Cardle's Wrong, is it? Oh! You made Oh, Unlucky Hugh Pat Nevin is actually 59 years old oh. So he's a year older than Ange Postacoglu So you've got five Hugh Keevans oh, That'll do me I yeah. genuinely thought you'd get 10 out of 10 a day No, no. That's, a, that's a difficult it's only way a year, Pat, isn't how, it? how old do you know? Who knows how old Pat Nevin is? I thought Pat Nevin was older than Ange 
Really? I hundred percent. I thought he'd been in the six. I'm actually shocked he's only fifty nine. No, interesting because you're still bottom of the table as well. Because yeah, that's Stephen yeah. on eight, you and on sorry, Hugh on five, and you and on. Yeah, but I'd have been thinking about Pat Nevin when he was playing for Scotland in the 80s mm, and yeah. at Chelsea and all that. I should have done that when it was your turn. Instead of getting yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay, right. Uh, let's, uh, let's say cheerio to Joe Cardo. Here we go. That's a wrap on player Joe Cardo's <laughs> right for another week. Thanks for playing along at home. And remember, keep on trucking, guys. Good night. <laughs> Thank you very much, Joe Cardo. Right, time for Ewan's Eurovision. It's back this week. We have three Scottish teams in European action. Let's start on Tuesday night. It is Liverpool versus Rangers. How you seen that one shaping up? Ewan, you are mystic. You are the worst Yuri Geller impersonator that I've ever met, but please tell us what's going to happen. My predictions in Europe have been pretty spot on throughout the course of the entire season. Oh, yeah, I said the Rangers would beat PSV to get to the Champions League group stages. You said they wouldn't. Yeah. I also predicted the results from the previous week mm-hmm. as well. So, unfortunately for Rangers, I think that Liverpool will probably win 4 or 5 nil. Do you agree with that? No. no. Would you not? My uh, grandson was at Anfield on Saturday as a Brighton and Hove Albion fan. Uh, now, Brighton 3-3 draw, highlighting the fact that Liverpool have had a very shabby start to the season the, the league is over for them already no it's not they're well, only yeah, 10 behind with a game in hand no, no they're, they're 10 to... behind with a game in hand they were 13 points behind Man City in January this year and they got within a point of them there was one big result 9-0 against Bournemouth and the rest of it has been right. bang average so I think Rangers are getting them at a good time and I think Rangers will get a draw at a Anfield. draw at Anfield do you very, really very honestly not yep. a chance I'm so, I mean I'd love to see it happen for Scottish football I just can't see it um, I was very impressed with Brighton yep. on Saturday by the way uh, they've appointed their new manager Desebri, and I think that, particularly their second goal I, I mean they could have been about five goals up against Liverpool I know. they destroyed them the problem is that the Trussar, who got the hat trick for Brighton, uh, you know Graham Potter's now at Chelsea, and I would imagine that in the next window he'll try and take him from Brighton to he's Chelsea. He's too good for Brighton. He's such a great wee player. Yeah, he's very good. No right. one is too good for Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to Wednesday night, and Celtic are heading to Germany to take on RB Leipzig. What's going to happen there, Ewan Cameron? They need to get something from that game, and then in the return leg, beat them. So if Celtic can get a draw, which I think they're capable of doing then they're in a great position to try and get out of that group because Shakhtar Donetsk went to Germany and won. So Celtic need to get something from this game because I don't see Shakhtar getting anything against Real Madrid in the doubleheader. So this is Celtic's chance because they can already forget about the last game in the group against Real Madrid in Madrid. So these next three games are key to either qualify from the group or get into the Europa League. So if Celtic can get a draw, which I think they can, puts them in prime position to get out of that group, whether it be for the Europa League or to qualify for the knockout stages. So I'm going to go for, even though RB Leipzig were good at the weekend there. They won 4-0. I know. I'm going to go 1-1. 1-1. One, one. If you do it logically, Shakhtar Donetsk uh, battered RB Leipzig, Celtic battered Shakhtar Donetsk, and but for their own sloppy finishing, yeah. they would have beaten them. Yeah. But the big but is the loss of Carter Vickers and Starfelt and a defensive pairing of Welsh and Jens and I think Joe Hart beginning to look suspect in goal at the same time. So I think that uh, Leipzig will win... Do you think they'll win? 3-0. Do you? 3-0. Okay, right, okay. And that's, of course, if Joe Hart makes it after that horrendous head injury he got at the weekend as well. Thoughts and prayers again. And, of course, uh, Hearts versus Fiorentina this Thursday, Ewan Cameron. I watched a bit of Fiorentina. They got beat by Atalanta yesterday, 1-0. Atalanta are joint top of Serie A, so they're a pretty handy side. But Fiorentina having a bit of a nightmare in the league and a bit of a nightmare in the Europa Conference League as well. Yeah, and they're not taking it seriously. They make wholesale changes when they do play in the Europa Conference League. Um, they've got battered on a couple of occasions they're coming to Tynecastle now we need to bounce back after that defeat to Rangers if we can get a draw against Fiorentina again it puts us in the box seat a bit like Celtic if they get a result in Germany because we've got um, another home game to come against the team that would beat 2-0 the other the week the Latvian pub team that you were playing yeah <laughs> well they were they were terrible they, they, they beat Aye. Fiorentina in Italy Aye, I mean they were really bad though 
I would take a draw right now against Fiorentina that would put us on four points with a pub team to come to Tyne Castle and mm. seven points should get us out of that group ok fair enough Shuggy Barry Mackay Alan Forrest Shankland at the weekend very disappointing in all cases if they turn up this time I think Hearts will get a draw yes. against Fiorentina. I take okay, that. Okay, okay, right. Let's move on to the good, the bad, and the shuggly. <laughs> so, time to find out a little bit more about today's guest, Mr. Hugh Keevans. We'll start with some quick-fire questions from you and Cameron, and we'll, then we'll dig a little bit deeper into your career in journalism and also broadcasting as well. I've got a few belting questions for oh, you on that. Here first go. of all, some quick-fire. Bit of fun. If animals could talk... Which would be the rudest animal on the planet? Elephant. Really? You think an elephant would, an elephant think, would be I rude? Think, I think they're nice. No? Would you go near one? No. Well, no, because they're huge. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, fair enough. Right, right. A cereal soup? No. <laughs> what professional sport would be the funniest to add alcohol to? I would uh, cricket for me. <laughs> that would be funny watching them try to bowl basket, basketball. Basketball would be good, yeah. <laughs> uh, what would be your weapon of choice in a zombie apocalypse? Pea shooter. <laughs> Yoda or Gandalf? Gandalf. Which would you prefer to have as your roommate, a goat or a sheep? A sheep. If you could, f- if you could be a fly on the wall, who would you want to listen in on? The- <laughs> Mrs. Keevans. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all would. Uh, would you rather walk around with a salad for a head or broccoli for arms? Broccoli for arms. If you could be any Disney character, who would you choose? Minnie Mouse. Minnie Mouse? Why do you not know Mickey Mouse? <laughs> Why would you be Minnie Mouse? <laughs> do you like the wee red polka dot <laughs> dress that she wears? I just thought it would sound a better answer. <laughs> Oh, we need to get you in a wee dress. Yeah. Uh, your favourite dinosaur? Um, Gordon Dale. <laughs> Brilliant. Good answer. Brilliant answer. Right. Some more normal questions. Why were you banned from Celtic Park, Hugh Keevans? Um It was Kenny Dalglish, and uh, at the time I was merely pointing out that he was rubbish as uh, the <laughs> interim manager. Uh, they made a mistake by appointing John Barnes, and uh, then... The mistake was compounded by having Ken Dalglish, who made matters worse. <laughs> he was the top three greatest Celtic players of all time, but he didn't handle his time in that capacity very well. And then I turned up at the social club for the Friday press conference, and this man uh, asked me to leave uh, and put me outside the door. And, you know, the, I remember one of the guys said, You realise you've made him famous now? And then he gave the Alec Ferguson answer, which ended off in the... <laughs> How long were you banned for? Um, until the time I telephoned to get my grandson a stadium tour. And I asked if I could book the family ticket for the stadium tour. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your name? I said, Keevans. And I could hear... <laughs> and I thought, they're asking if it's okay for me to go on the stadium tour. But uh, and I walked, paid my money, did the stadium tour with my grandson, uh, who got overexcited and ran on the pitch. And it was close season; they were trying to get it all beautiful and uh-huh. ready. Did you get uh, banned again for that? <laughs> <laughs> now your grandson's banned. So that's the problem. <laughs> so yeah, you know, bands are part of it. Kenny had me banned. Suey had me banned at Ibrox. Fergie, I was forever getting banned by Fergie. Jim McLean used to ban people for things that happened in other newspapers they would ban you even though it wasn't your paper <laughs> uh, so for somebody else's mess you were getting banned aye, that, it's always business never personal always business and sometimes they take the off and they ban you and then you're back in again just thought to follow on from that um, which manager gave you the biggest dressing down in your time Ooh, probably Jock Wallace uh, who gave everybody a dressing down and I think he actually Scudded me on the jaw at one point. Right. Jock um, Wallace actually struck you. The, um, I mean, the argument was that I had been standing at a bus stop at Annie's Land Cross waiting for a bus to take me through the Clyde Tunnels to go to Ibrox. As everyone knows, I am not a car driver. <laughs> and he said to me, was that you at Annie's Land Cross? And I said, yes. Why did you not wave me down? I said, because I didn't see you. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> a, pl- a playful 
Slapping the chops <laughs> right, <don't you? laughs> That would not get past HR nowadays I'm No it wouldn't What is the highlight Of your career In football journalism If you can pick out One match One interview One story That you broke What's the big one Vim Janssen stopped Rangers winning 10 in a row But I was told That Vim had A get out clause In his contract And he was going to Exercise it mm-hmm. So I telephoned Someone Within the management structure at Celtic Park and I said uh, I understand Vim's got a breakout clause and he's going to exercise it I said I do not want to implicate you in anything I will count to ten if I am correct say nothing and hang up on the count of ten and I counted to ten and the phone went dead so I knew the story was correct now this was before Celtic had been confirmed as champions, you know. Yeah. So it was a it was a major, huge story. Yeah, um, and it, see, see, with stories like that, do you do you do you sit on it thinking is this the right time to put a story out like this, or do you not really care what the implication might be? Um, do you know what I mean by that? The, yeah, the, the journalistic training, the the years of practice, tell you that here's a scoop. Yeah. Off we go with it, you know. No matter what, I, I, I was sitting in the office one day. Phoned David Murray, who, who then Rangers owner, and he, you know, he, he said, "If Celtic put down a fiver, I'll put down a tenner." And that that quote has gone on for years yeah. and years and years. Uh, but I remember coming off the phone and saying to the sports editor, "Here's a quote for you." You know, you're just caught up in the moment. Yeah, uh, and. You, you go for it I went down to Blackburn and Graham Souness was the manager there and he gave me Souness is the most interesting one you know he, he's terrific in conversation and I came out of the Blackburn training ground and I telephoned and said he's just told me blah 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 and the, my my legs were literally shaking you know, it's just the years of practice and training and here's a scoop, go for it. But see, when you get a, a story like that, like, for example, Wim Janssen, uh-huh. and he's trying to stop Rangers winning 10 in a row, that historic 10 in a row, uh-huh. by you putting out that story, you know that that might have an adverse effect on Celtic trying to stop Rangers winning 10 in a row. Do you think like that or not? No, I'm involved in a business of my own whereby I'm in competition with others. As... Vim was with Celtic against Rangers, but you but you don't think at all about what that might imply for the club, the players, and the management team that might actually, in some way, stop them or affect them stopping Rangers getting ten in a row. Well, would you have stopped Robbie Nielsen when he said, "I expect to beat Rangers"? You know, do you expect a reporter to say, yeah. "Robbie, you really shouldn't say that," and then know? just keep it to yourself? Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. So, but you never have that thought. No, no, because. They have their competitive world of football and we have our competitive world of newspapers, broadcasting, whatever. But you know something nobody else knows. Yep. But by putting that in the media, is a lot of fans would say, why are you doing that? Why why are you throwing but a just, grenade in uh, in the week of a big game or something? But if you hadn't done it, someone else would have. Yeah, that's my competitive world. But yeah. you know that fans are always really upset, like ahead of a massive game, like a European game, this story will break about a fight in the dressing room or there's a managerial yeah. problem or Transfer issue going or on. Transfers or something like Transfers that. Transfers or something. And then there's the media throwing in that little grenade ahead of a massive game. I, I've been on social media for a few years now. I understand how it works. No matter what I do, I'll get it in the neck anyway. So, so you can't win, that's what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. Fans fans believe that you do things deliberately. But in some ways you do, Hugh, because I've been there myself. You do hold on to something to get the best reaction possible, whether it be a newspaper, whether it be a radio show, whether it be a TV show. We all do that. Why am I still here at 72? Because you're good at what you do. Correct. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to, just a wee sort of interesting point. So obviously a lot of our listeners will be listeners to Clyde One Super Scoreboard, yeah. where they'll know Hugh. Yeah. You, when did you first start at Super Scoreboard? 1985. 1985. So you've been around a long time on Clyde One, Radio Clyde as it was back in the day. But growing up, I had really literally no concepts of Super Scoreboard. I grew up uh-huh. in Dunfermline, Alison to Fourth One when mm-hmm. I was growing up. And uh, yeah, that was that was basically my little world and a lot of people who were in Fife and Edinburgh 
probably wouldn't no. have a great understanding of Super Scoreboard. But I always knew who Hugh was because you did the hotline in the record, yeah. right? Yes. <laughs> right. And I was always, I remember getting home from school every single day and it was back in the day when, you know, my parents bought newspapers and stuff like that. The first thing we'd do, we'd turn it to the back of the daily record and I would read the hotline yeah. just to read the absolutely mental people <laughs> who were getting in touch. Just from a purely geeky point of view, how did that work? Did, was it like an answer phone? Or were you literally speaking to people yeah, on the phone? Without doubt, yeah. I, I, I loved doing the hotline. I, I used to say, oh, I think we should have a hotline special on this one. I understand this city. I was born in this city and I'll go out in this city. Let me tell you a story. I am in the hospital. My mother-in-law is dying. The room is full of women. My wife, her sister's, and our two daughters. I am standing outside and I've got my back against the wall and anyone who has known that kind of moment, I am staring into the distance and I'm just unaware of anything and I hear the voice saying, are you Hugh Gevens? I said, sorry? He said, are you Hugh Gevens? I said, yeah. You think I win the league? <laughs> <laughs> now... I can't remember whether I said Celtic or Rangers. It would be one or other, of course. And he, and he said to me, you're kidding. <laughs> and I said, listen, you asked me. I gave you my answer. It's non-negotiable. Incidentally, can you hear the sound of women crying? And he looked above my head and said, high dependency unit. He said, nothing serious, I hope. And walked away. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, that's the city I'm working in. Yes. It's the be all and end all yeah. for a lot of people, isn't yeah. it? When it comes to Celtic or Rangers, and I've got to know that myself over the years. And to be honest with you, you wouldn't have it any other way. No, no, no. You I, really wouldn't. I got married 51 years ago on the day that Rangers played Celtic at Ibrox. Now, my lot wouldn't come in to the church until they found out the halftime score. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and my wife's family were from the Highlands and did, weren't even aware that Rangers were playing Celtic. So that's how it works. Yes. If you're part of if you're if you're in Glasgow in the West, yeah, you, you need you, to know exactly what is going yeah. on. So nineteen eighty five you start at uh, Radio Clyde on Super uh -huh. Scoreboard. Um before that obviously you're a journalist at various places where you before that. Sunday Post for ten years, nineteen seventy to eighty, Scotsman nineteen eighty to nineteen ninety seven, Daily Record and Sunday Mail nineteen ninety seven to the present day. Yeah. And in that time what are the how's the industry changed for the better and how's it changed for the worse um, for the better it's more professional now um, you know we were a bit of a cliche back then lunchtime or booze and all of that stuff mm -hmm. uh, the, the coverage then you know if you look back at, at, at newspapers from the 1970s you'd be amazed at the coverage you know now you get pull out supplements everything the coverage is wall to wall. We have Super Scoreboard two hours each night, Monday to Friday. We have Super Scoreboard six hours on Saturday uh, and on Sundays when required. So now it's far more intense. Is it oversaturated? Um, no, no, because you can pick and choose. You can still pick and choose. You can buy a newspaper if you want to or don't bother. You can listen or don't listen. It's your prerogative. But, you know, you'll never have a moment when you don't know what's going on. Yeah. You get a 24-hour designated sports channel on television. You'll never be in the dark. Has social media changed it for the better? Uh, no, undoubtedly not. Uh, as I say, I was asked to go on. And to my wife's utter astonishment, she said to me one day, what does 56K mean? I said, it means I've got 56,000 followers. She said, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you enjoy social media or do you think it's uh what's the phrase I'm looking for here? It's a necessary evil. Uh I enjoy it on my terms. If there's something horrible there, and frequently there is, just ignore it. Just let it go because why would you bother? Why would you waste your life responding to people like that? There are very many kind people there. You can learn a lot there. Uh, but those who are there just to troll you know 
just just leave them alone. Yeah. You know, if they, if you saw them coming along the street, you'd cross over. So just cross over the street, metaphorically yeah. speaking. Yeah. You know what? So we were sat in the office one day before we were doing our show, uh, my midweek show, myself and Gary Spence, and. Gary went, you asked Gary to go over and do something on your Twitter. I can't remember what uh-huh. it was, to help you or something. And Gary came back and he was like, I cannot believe the power I just had. I could have tweeted something from Hugh's account that would have set the city on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's the thing. And, and, you know, like a lot of people will um, come up to me and, you know, ask me what, you know, Gordon Duncan's like, or yeah. Ewan Cameron's yeah. like, or what Hugh Keevens is like. And I'm just like, they're, they're nice guys. Yeah. But I particularly, and I include you in this as well, Ewan, the ability to provoke such a reaction in people is startling. I cannot believe that you giving a prediction, Hugh, yeah. on something just leads people to foam at the mouth. I went to the school's football association, uh, AGM, I was asked to speak there, and I, and I said, you know, you're probably wondering, how is he getting away with it for so long? You know, and I said, it's very simple. The city of Glasgow, everyone believes that you, if I say something about Celtic, I infuriate the Rangers fans. If I say something about Rangers, I infuriate the Celtic fans. We can subdivide it. If I say something kind about Celtic, people say that's because of your background. Yeah. Uh, if I say something about Rangers, they will say, oh, you're just trying to compensate for your background. You know, you, I can go on forever here. Yeah, and you know, that's interesting what you say there because back in the day, did you feel that you had to hide the fact that you came from a Celtic background? Did you have to hide that in any way? Did you, Especially did you feel, 70s and 80s. Did you feel under pressure from maybe bosses not to reveal who you, you know, who you supported growing up, for example? No, I, I, I made uh, at Celtic's request, I made videos uh, for the club. Mm-hmm. Um, so you never tried, you never hid it? I honestly believe that I do park it at the door. I get more grief from Celtic fans than I do from Rangers fans. But, uh, you know, in 1994, when Fergus McCann came here, when Fergus and I were thrown out of Celtic Park and did the phone-in from the Clyde Jeep in the car park at Celtic Park, and they were banging on the windows and shouting their support for Fergus, and we got to six o'clock, the programme finished, and I went back and I said to my wife, I love this business. This is really exciting. Uh, and that whole episode when Fergus came in, I mean, and they, were, they had a rally, as they called it, when Fergus got control of the club. And I hosted the rally. Um, I, I, I didn't host it wearing a Celtic scarf and singing. Mm-hmm. I, I did it because I had been involved journalistically in the process. Yeah. Um, but part of you wants what's best for Celtic because of your background. Uh, I mean, you know, I wasn't born holding a microphone or opening a laptop. I was born, as you say, into a Celtic family. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't, you know, go around in the club's merchandise and, you know, I, I go around doing my job. And, you know, when when Ange Postacoglu came in at first, uh, I, I did a column in the Sunday Mail and I took a... N G E and said absolutely not good enough, and you know I get pelters for it. <laughs> You're still going to be getting pelters for that, <laughs> yeah. uh, but of course that was my opinion then. Yeah, as as Ange then set off on a 32 game unbeaten run, I wrote very many complimentary things about Ange Postecoglou, and I always speak highly of him on the program because I think he's a very interesting man, but. Everyone just goes back to that one headline. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's fine. As I say, that's why I may be in full employment until my number is called. Yeah. I mean, like, it's interesting what you say as well. Like, I, I wasn't aware of the, you know, the stuff that you've just said there. But I always had the impression growing up, and I'm not going to name names, but a lot of people who are involved in the media would pick maybe a lesser team to support. Yeah. And that, I, I always thought that that was quite dishonest because if he just came out and said, you know, I, I supported Celtic or I supported Rangers, but, you know, as you've said, I try and leave at the door and be as sort of impartial as I can, yeah. that's fair enough because I always found it weird growing up that none of the sort of big pundits or yeah. n- none of the big presenters ever supported Celtic or Rangers because surely just by sheer numbers, they would have. But even the sports editors that I worked with many years ago who were in newspapers at the time when I was doing the football phone-in, I knew who they supported, but publicly, nobody knew. 
they kept it to themselves. I mean, is it such a big deal? You know, well, it, it, but, well, but it is, isn't it? Hugh, in the west of Scotland, it is a big deal. I mean, I, if truth be told, it really is. I think it's an honesty thing because if if somebody knows, like, so people know I'm a Dunfermline fan, right? So therefore, like, you know, they can't have a go at me and say I'm I'm this and I'm that because they know I'm a Dunfermline fan. Whereas if they don't know then I think that that leaves you open to... I just, I just find it a bit of an old-school way of thinking, but, 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 and, I, and I don't think you can get away with it as much now. But, but I think what Hugh says, you can't really win whether you admit to it or not. Yeah. yeah. Do you, you know what I mean? You're under, the way I think about it now, you're under 24-hour surveillance because of social media. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I'm Hugh, can I, can I ask you right now, for any young reporters out there or anyone young in the media who's starting out in sports journalism, oh. if you were starting out today, would you admit which team you support if it was in the west of Scotland, if it was Celtic or Rangers? In this day and age with social media and that scrutiny you get 24 hours a day. You're as well admitting it because they'll, they'll go into your background they'll and find out and find anyway. Out. Yeah. yeah. So you, any young person listening right now, just... You who you support who you support and that's it. Just put it out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we would truly live in a distressing world if we felt we had to keep background a secret. Yeah. In case it hurt you, or jeopardise your future and your literally career or metaphorically. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, a seventy-two-year-old man here who was born into a Celtic supporting family. Big deal, you know. But people think. Ah, but it will influence the way you work. No, it doesn't, because I get more grief from Celtic fans than I get from any other kind. Yeah. Um, Can I ask you a really tough question? Because of your Celtic background and because you've worked for so many years in Scottish football media, has there been a time where you have taken a phone call from somebody at Celtic and not published a story because they've asked you to? Or even Rangers for that matter? No, no. Have you always published the story despite maybe the request for you not to do it? I've not had a request specifically not to use a story. I can't recall that happening. Um, I would simply be guided by what I thought was right. I mean, as I've said to you. So no matter whether it would be a Fergus McCann that phoned you, whether it had been an Ian Jameson who was at Celtic or a Peter Lawwell or whoever, hold on a wee second, Hugh. Don't be putting that story out. Please do us a favour here. You would you would ignore that call and go ahead with what you believe is right. I, I never received a call of that type. From so, David Murray? Because I know he was very good at it. Uh, no, we fell out eventually because, uh, you know, he, I think, would always refer to my background. Uh, and I wasn't having that because I believed that I say about Celtic or Rangers what I believe to be the case now I am frequently wrong as Super Scoreboard will testify <laughs> but I I never speak because I have a certain allegiance or agenda I have a responsibility to say what I think and I believe that's what I do so you've always been in your opinion impartial despite your leanings as a, as a young boy I mean, I I would have to say, knowing you for as long as I have, I would say that you're one of the most impartial Scottish football media pundits that I've ever known. And I've worked in this game a long time and you're one of the best at it. And you're one of the ones who will stand up and call it as you see it and not allow your allegiance or your background to affect your way of thinking. Uh, As I say, this city, I'm giving you examples of how it can be. Um, But you're never going to win in this city. You know, because someone will say, oh, he's writing that about Celtic because he was born into the Celtic family, etc., etc. No, I, I would write it because I believed it to be the case. And I would write something negative about Celtic if I believed it to be the case. Did you want Rangers to win the Europa League? Why not? I mean, I, See? I, that's, I, that's why we love that man. I, <laughs> that's why we love that I man. Would, I would not stand there and actively hope that the Scottish team lost a European final um, because I came from the other side of town. Mm. For me, as I say, I'm playing the age card again. (laughs) I'm a 72-year-old man. Am I truthfully going to stand there in front of the television uh, and hope that the German team wins and the Scottish team doesn't? No, I'm not going to do that. 
Oh, good on you, mate. I've always said that. I support all the Scottish teams in Europe. And I was jumping up and down in Seville for Celtic. I was jumping up and down in Manchester when Rangers were playing as well. I wanted Rangers and Celtic to win those European trophies. I really do. Yeah. And if Hibs got to a Europa League final, I'd want them to win it as well. I know that people find that really hard to believe, but that's the way I am. And it's nice to hear the Hughes like that. So, and he is a Celtic fan, but he still wanted Rangers to beat Frankfurt in Seville earlier this year, which I think is a breath of fresh air to hear someone like Hugh of his standing and his experience to say that right we're going to need to wrap up because Super Scoreboard starts <laughs> <laughs> and we've been talking for ages uh, so you listen thanks so much for that um, and thanks for being our very special guest it's been lovely been a pleasure so uh, listen we will be back next week with another big Scottish football podcast thank you so much for listening and a special guest Hugh Keevans thank you to you you and Cameron thank you my well. friend okay so we have some European action this week obviously as we discussed a little bit earlier on in the show we'll reflect on that next week build up to the next round as well and look back on the SPFL fixtures remember it is if Scottish football were spooky get in touch on at Big Football Scott we'll get all your shouts there as well don't forget to subscribe to whichever podcast provider you use don't miss a podcast you can rate us as well obviously and keep an eye on our socials as well we'll be back next Monday with another brand new episode of the Big Scottish Football Podcast